0: And we're going to be looking at these, these verses again and, and just referring especially to certain, certain parts of them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. M- my wife and I, uh, on Friday evenings, we have sort of a, a, guilty, ple- a, a guilty pleasure. We, a lot of times we'll, we'll tuck our girls into bed And we'll pray with them and we'll sing songs. And then we'll sneak downstairs and we'll put on an episode of a show called called Shark Tank. Have you seen this show before? If you haven't seen Shark Tank before, it's a show where entrepreneurs can go before sharks or investors to pitch their idea. And these sharks will either ridicule the idea or they will invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in your brand new company, and my wife especially, she really likes the show, and she's even got some new ideas that she wants to bring to the market, you can ask her about that later, but the most interesting episode, segment of an episode that I've seen was when the creators of Kitchen Safe gave their little presentation Kitchen safe is really a, a, a very simple device. It's it's a bucket. And you can put over the top of this bucket a locking mechanism with with a timer on it. And so for example, you can put your cookies that you love to binge on at midnight. And you can put them in there set the timer so that it will open up at 8 a.m. in the morning. And it is impossible without throwing this thing on the ground and breaking it, it is impossible to get your cookies out. But there's lots of other uses for it too. You can just visit their internet site and find out all about it. If you have trouble with shopping all the time, you can put your credit cards in there. And set the timer for 10 days and then get them out. If you have trouble, for example, with drinking and driving, as soon as you pick up the bottle, you can put your keys in there and lock it. If you have trouble with being distracted with your cell phone during dinner, you can put your cell phones in there during dinner and set the timer for an hour and then get them back out again. If you have trouble with um, taking too many prescription drugs you can put your prescription drugs in the kitchen safe and then set the timer for whenever your next dose is and then get it out. At its core, kitchen safe is a way, the maker's claim, to beat your vices. It's a way to beat your temptations. It's a way to beat your sins and your bad habits. And and this is what they actually say on their website. Here's how they explain it. Research has shown that pre-commitment is the ultimate way to beat temptation. Pre-commitment means committing to start to a smart choice early when you know that you will be tempted by bad choices later. Let me repeat the key phrase again. They say pre-commitment is the ultimate way to be temptation. We're going to analyze that claim in a couple of minutes. What grabbed my attention about this presentation on Shark Tank was the emotion with which it was given. One of the the sharks, he's not a very nice guy, he, he grabbed the kitchen safe, and he held it up and he said, this device is screaming at me You are a piece of fill-in-the-blank. And the Creator responded with great emotion, and He said, This thing is saving my life. I used to be completely overweight, and now look at me. And I have received letter upon letter of people who have written to me and said, Thank you for creating the kitchen safe. The kitchen safe now today, after Shark Tank aired has been aired on the Today Show in Time Magazine. It's been studied by Harvard and Princeton. If the emotion of the creator of Kitchen Safe is any indication, if the fact that it's selling like hotcakes is any indication at all, if, if, if the press that it's getting in the world today is any indication at all, Kitchen Safe has struck a nerve with the American public. There are people out there who really want to beat temptation and they really want to beat vice. And you know what? God has the very best timing. This last week, this last week, I sat with a wonderful Christian man who just a few months ago wasn't drinking. But now he is again. And he's devastated. Just this last week, somebody texted me and said, Pastor, I really want to give up smoking, but I don't know how. And I sat with a a Christian woman. She said, I'm tired of being angry and often flipping out on my family. And, And then just this morning, I received a phone call from another desperate person that says they are in the hands of Satan. They don't know what to do. God's always got the best timing. So even here at Sure Foundation, we at Sure Foundation, we could say that we want to do what is right. We really do. But then sometimes we don't do it. We want to beat our addictions, our bad habits, our hang-ups, But we just don't know how to achieve it. And the Colossians, even though they lived about 2,000 years ago now, they weren't too much different. Listen to the list of vices. There's two lists that the Apostle Paul gives in this lesson. Listen to the first one. Not too much different than us. He says, "...put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature." Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. He gives some examples here, right? And he moves from, from what is specific, a specific outward action, sexual immorality, and then he moves to an abstract idea, which is, which is greed, covetousness, greed for more sex. And, it, and then he, and he concludes with an analysis of it. He says, this is idolatry. You see what he's saying? Do you want to know why sometimes you fall into bed with someone who isn't your spouse? You want to know why you open that browser page in private mode? Do do you want to know why that suddenly your heart starts beating faster when you see a certain part of the, the human anatomy? The Apostle Paul, he tells us why. He says it's because you're bent in on yourself. Because you would rather please yourself than God. You would rather make yourself feel good and maybe use somebody else for your own means. It's idolatry. Not just adultery. But listen to the second list. He continues. He says, but now... You must rid yourselves of all things such as these. And this is another example of being bent in on ourselves. He says, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. You know that little monster that rises up in your heart? (laughs) When, When somebody doesn't act the way you want them to, when somebody doesn't speak the way... You want them to, let's call it what it is. It's a little spiritual temper tantrum. You're not listening to me. You're not doing what I want you to do. It's just another example of our idolatry, how we're, we're bent in on ourselves. Clearly, we have here a group of people who are, who are struggling to control their will. They want to do what is right, but they're struggling to do it. But did you notice that the Apostle Paul doesn't prescribe a kitchen safe? (laughs) And it's not just because the technology didn't exist. That's not the reason why he didn't prescribe it. Can you imagine why? It's because he knows something. He knows that you can't put your virginity in a kitchen safe can't. And and you can't take your anger and put it in the kitchen safe and lock it away for all eternity. You can't do that either. And he knows that if you're going to stop smoking, you could maybe lock one pack of cigarettes in there. But there's a 7-Eleven on the corner. And and look, if if you're going to drink and drive, you could maybe lock your keys in there. But you could crawl underneath your car and get out the spare. See, we often believe the lie that an intervention like Kitchen Safe will actually work. It wasn't too long ago that I had a conversation with a woman who, who moved to the United States because she knew that prescription drugs are better regulated here. and, and So for her, the United States was a kind of Kitchen, kitchen Safe. She wanted to give up her, her prescription drug habits. But when she got here, she found out that all she had to do was lie to the doctor. And she continued right on in her addiction. These kinds of solutions just don't work because we're always going to find a way around the intervention. That is how our sinful nature works. So, instead of prescribing some sort of kitchen safe, the Apostle Paul, he gives us a twofold prescription to beat our vices, our bad habits, and our sins. And it's basically law and gospel. Here's, here's what he said. Here's his first part of his prescription. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Consider in your heart the violence of that phrase, for. I haven't seen in my life too many times where something's been put to death. I really haven't. I I can remember one time my dad and I were driving down late at night uh, a twisty road in Minnesota and a deer jumped out. Boom. And the deer was mangled and it it was in incredible pain. And my dad took out his knife I can't finish the story. He, he put it to death. That, that's, that's an emotional, violent thing. The, these, the scriptures, the Apostle Paul says in, in other parts of scripture like Galatians, he says, crucify the sinful name. Think about that. Cru- take, take nails and put it through the hands and feet of your sinful name. Crucify it. Martin Luther says... In your baptism, one of the six chief parts of the catechism, he uses a different picture. He says, drown it. Can you imagine drowning something? You have to hold it under the water until it can't breathe. That's what you have to do to kill it. It's that bad. The Apostle Paul wants you know your sinful nature is that bad. You have to put it to death. You have to make it die. He wants you, whenever you might have sex outside of marriage, instead of to experience sweet relief and release, to experience the bitterness of idolatry. He wants you when, for example, when you want to binge on cookies, that when you do that, that it tastes like ashes in your mouth. When you want to drink and drive, that you see the stupidity in it. He wants you to understand how bad it really is. In fact, he says this. He says, put it to death because because of these, the wrath of God is coming. It's that bad. Wouldn't it be disappointing if that's all God had to say? On this subject, that, that would be really disappointing, isn't it? But he has a second thing to say. Behind every imperative, there's an indicative. And behind every command that he gives to you, there is a present reality about you. And I want to just read some of these present realities about you so that they just sink in for you. Here's, here's what he says These are all taken from the lesson. He says, Since you have been raised with Christ. He says, in another part, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. In another part, he says, You have taken off your old self and put on the new. He says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. What? We we are people who struggle with addiction and drinking. But he says about us, you have been raised with Christ. In your baptism. He, he, we are struggle who, who bin, we're people who binge, eat, or maybe binge, watch, Netflix, but at the same time, we are people who have died with Christ, and our life is with Him. We are people who struggle with sexual immorality. But you know what he says about us? He says, You are holy, dearly loved people. Of God. Here in the Lutheran church, we have a, we have a, a phrase that explains us. He says, simul justus at piccato. That's what Martin Luther used to say. It means at the same time sinner and at the same time saint. In other words, we are people who God loves and we're learning about that. And we're not quite there yet. It's going to take some more time. My dog, Cooper... He's, he's got a really bad habit. And, and I, think, I think most of you have been to my house before and you know this about him already. My dog, Cooper, loves to eat garbage. He, he really does. He loves to eat garbage. And he loves it so much that when we don't push the chairs in at home, he'll jump up on the table and eat garbage. And when we don't lock, we see, we're trying to stop him from doing this. When we don't lock our garbage can, we have to go buy a special garbage can. He will dive his nose into the garbage can and eat that garbage. And then, and then Cooper, on garbage day, he, he'll bark to go out and we'll think, oh, he's got to go to the bathroom, so we'll let him out. But you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to get at the garbage that our neighbors put out. This is how Cooper is. He loves garbage. And we've done everything, including behavioral therapy, like yelling at him and disciplining him to try to get him to stop doing it. But we've only found one thing that will work for sure to stop him from doing it. Give him something better. Give him a bone. You give him a bone, something that's beautiful to him. Something that's attractive to him, something that's yummy to him, he won't bother with the garbage anymore. The same is true of us. It really is. You can't just lock away your vices and sins, you actually have to replace them with something or someone better. Who is that thing or person for us? It's Jesus. That's what the book of Colossians is all about. The Apostle Paul, he wants to make Jesus attractive to you. He wants to make him powerful for you. So he calls him in the book of Colossians, I'm going to read some of these things about Jesus, the firstborn over all creation. The one in whom all the fullness of the deity dwells, the forgiving one, the resurrected one, the one who loves you, the one who gave his life for you, the one who canceled your sins, the one who shed blood for you. He is the one who replaces us digging around and rooting around in the garbage. He's the one that attracts and captures our imagination, our will in our eternity. He's the one that restores us. Amen.